Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. My name is Scott. It is so good to have you with us this afternoon as we celebrate Christmas together. So just a reminder, no services tomorrow on Sunday, December 25th, or January the 1st, New Year's Day, and then we'll kick off a brand new series on January the 8th. So if you'll make a note of that, man, it would be great to have you. So we are in the fourth week of a series, uh, our Christmas series, that Matt kicked off talking about the different gifts that Christ gives us at Christmas, the, the different gifts he brought that first Christmas. And if you were with us week one, he talked about the gift of hope. And then we looked at the gift of joy. And last week, we looked at the gift of truth, how Christ really revealed the truth about who God was. He was the visible image of the invisible God. And I want to finish up this year in this series talking about the last gift we're going to look at, and that's the gift of change and how Christ gives us the ability to change, to change our lives, the spiritual direction of our lives, or simply to change anything within our lives that we want to change. And maybe you're kind of like me and and a lot of other people, you look at your life and you're like, well, there's nothing that needs to change in my life. I don't need to change. Other people need to change. But if you were to talk to my wife, she'd tell you, yeah, there's still a lot of things that he needs to change. So I think if we do a deep dive and are really honest with ourselves for a few minutes, there's something in all of us that we would like to change or we want to change. Maybe it's something in your past that you'd like to change. Or maybe you want to change your future, the direction that your life's heading. Other people, they want to change uh, their faith. They want to settle that faith issue once and for all. Or maybe it's we want to be able to forgive more or to apologize or to, you know, just do something different. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a dating relationship or something within your marriage. But there's something that you want to change. Here's what I hope we'll walk out of here with as we embrace Christmas head on, and that is the fact Christmas truly is all about change. That's what Christ brought us, the ability to change. A relationship with him really changes everything. So I hope that's what we'll walk out of here with. He truly, God truly sent his power through his son Christ to change us. So if you want to take some notes, our notes are available on the Church Center app. Uh, or you can scan that QR code in your seat back, or if you're watching online, there's a link. But here's the first thing. Learning number one, God gives us the power to change anything. He really does, no matter what it is. And I want to look real quick at just a part of the Christmas story that a lot of you are already familiar with that we looked at week two that kind of shows us the power that Christ gives us to change. And it's Luke chapter two, starting in verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them 
in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, in other words, Christ changed lives. He changed their lives. He can change our lives. Think about it. Obviously, he changed Mary and Joseph's life, right? He changed the shepherds' lives immediately, and then they went out and told other people, and their lives were changed. They went from really being just normal, average, everyday people going through the motions of their life to being changed by the Savior of the world. And listen, it wasn't just the people in that first Christmas story, right? I could get on the chat with our online campus, or I could talk to any number of you here, and you'd say, yes, Scott, Christ was the one who changed my life. But I want to look at an example in the New Testament of somebody who was remarkably changed by Christ. And it was a guy by the name of Paul. He also went by Saul. Back then, they would have a couple names. And before he met Christ and Christ changed his life, he was a persecutor of Christians. He absolutely hated Christians and wanted to destroy them. Let's look at Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. And that's just followers of Christ. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. And if you know the story about Paul, this is how he was. And then on the road to Damascus, he's changed by Jesus. And this is what we read some, uh, you know, 10, 15 verses later in Acts 19b and 21. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days. So he's hanging out with other Christians. And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priest? So here you have this guy, Paul or Saul, He goes from persecuting Christians, wanting to kill Christians, arrest them, bring them back to Jerusalem, to meeting Christ and his life has changed. And then he goes out and starts telling other people about Jesus and how Jesus can change their life. Listen, if Christ can change a person like Paul, a person like me, he can change anybody. So don't think for a minute that your past is too jaded or your present is too screwed up and messed up or even your future is so far off track that Christ can't change you. Truly, that is the gift he brought us that first Christmas for any of us to be able to change. So learning number two, no matter what you think Jesus can't change, Jesus can change. Doesn't matter the past, doesn't matter the circumstances or the situation. He can completely turn our lives around. And again, a lot of you could speak to that this afternoon. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you haven't done. Christ literally can change us. 
I'm sure those shepherds didn't walk out into that field that night saying, oh, tonight's the night. You know, everything is going to change tonight. Everything's going to be different with me from here on out. No, they were just going about their normal everyday job. I'm sure Saul or Paul was perfectly content persecuting and terrorizing Christians until he met Christ. See, when a person is changed by Jesus, when they have a relationship with him, they're changed in a great way. And he gives them forgiveness. You know, the crazy thing is God is sinless. We're not, right? We're full of sin. You're going to see in your extended family just how full of sin they are in the next couple of days, right? But God is sinless and he can't tolerate sin. That means when we die and leave this earth, we can't be in God's presence unless we're sin free or unless somebody's paid for our sin. That's what Christ gave us. That's the change that's possible. But he also gives us eternal life and he gives us significance each and every day. This world is a tough place to live in. And it seems like it gets worse and tougher every single day. But when we have that relationship with Christ, we're different. We don't just wake up and go through the, mo- uh, the motions and, and just exist. We wake up with a new excitement every single day. We're new. Here's how the Bible puts it, 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That's real change. Again, doesn't matter about our past. Doesn't matter what still is in our life we haven't changed or would like to change. He makes us new with the relationship with him. He really has the ability to erase the old, right? To set a new course, a new direction for our life. And that's what Christmas is all about. So ask that question again. You know, don't ask your spouse, but ask yourself, what is it in my life that I'd like to change? Maybe there's something that's true about you that you don't like, but it's still true about you and you want to change that. Or maybe there's something that you just simply haven't been able to change on your own. You've tried and you haven't been able to change it. Or maybe you've gotten a little bit further down the road and and you've been able to change something on your own, but now you keep drifting back towards it. It just keeps pulling you and keeps dragging you in. Or maybe you'd say, hey, Christ has changed my life, but you still struggle with guilt. You still struggle with the guilt of your past because you haven't been able to forgive yourself. Even though Christ has forgiven you, you won't forgive yourself. Christ can change all of that because the power he brought that very first Christmas truly is bigger than our past. It's bigger than our words. It's bigger than our actions. Just because something was true about me, you know, in my past doesn't mean it has to be true today. Maybe there's something that's true about you today that you don't want to be true about you tomorrow. It doesn't have to be. That's the change that Christ offers. So really, we we have a choice, right? We can continue to go the way we've been going, trying to lead our lives ourselves, or we can recognize the true change that Christ offers us, and we can embrace that. We can start that process by doing what Paul did, a guy who was persecuting Christians, or we could do what the shepherds did, 
or the wise men that we looked at last week and we can open our hearts to Christ. Or we can just continue to try to, you know, lead our lives ourselves. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in control, when I'm leading my life, I don't do such a great job. I disappoint people. I disappoint my family. I disappoint my spouse. God changed everything through the birth of Christ that first Christmas. And I'm telling you, with a relationship with Christ, we can change everything in anything. So I want to encourage you, if I could encourage you this Christmas, I would encourage you to open up your life to Christ and see. You know, some of you, you probably grew up in a, in a church or an environment where they told you, well, you know, you got to do certain things before Christ is ever going to love you or before you can ever have a relationship with the Lord. You know, you got to stop doing this and you got to start doing this and you got to be at church every Sunday and you got to do this, this, and this. That's not true. The amazing thing, that change he offers, he meets us wherever we're at in life. And as things come up, he shows us and we walk with him and he helps us to make those changes. So let me encourage you, don't put that off. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much uh, for this community that we live in. Thank you for these people, Lord, but thank you for the ability that we can change, that we can set the course for our life with you and have hope and have peace and have joy and have a future because of what you brought and what you did for us. Maybe you're here this afternoon and you've never said yes to Christ. Maybe you've kind of put that off or, or thought, man, I'm going to lose all my fun in my life if I do this. Listen, every day is full of joy when you know you have the assurance of Christ. Just open up your heart to him. Just invite him in. You don't have to pray out loud. Just pray from the quietness of your heart. Say, you know what, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need to change, and I want to change. I'm inviting you in my life. I'm asking you to be the Lord of my life and you to direct me every day. Not me, not my family, not my mom and dad, you to direct me. Or maybe you're already following Christ and you're struggling. There's something in you that you'd like to change or something you'd like to change with somebody else. Just ask God for the strength to do that. He'll give it to you. Lord, thank you so much for your gift of your son that we celebrate tomorrow. In Christ's name, amen. In just a minute, we're going to celebrate communion together as a church family, and then we're going to close uh, with a song. But before we do that, I just want to encourage you, the online connection card, you can get through that church center app or that QR code. If you would fill that out, if you invited Christ into your life for the first time, would you do me a favor and just fill that out? Just check that top box. I promise Monday I'm not going to show up on your doorstep and put undue pressure on you, but I do want to send you something in the mail to kind of help you on that journey. So if you're streaming on our online campus, I'm going to give you the opportunity to get up. You know, if you're sitting on the couch or in a chair and go to the kitchen, get some wine, some juice, some water, bread, crackers, uh, whatever you have to celebrate communion as we celebrate as a family. And then I'm going to ask if you're in the auditorium and you're sitting in the far right seat of any section, or you're the closest one to the far right seat, if you'll look under that chair, there's a bucket of communion cups. And if you would get that bucket 
take one of those communion supplies and pass it down the aisle. And I'll explain to you in a minute how to open those, so don't worry about that. If you need a gluten-free wafer, if you'll raise your hand and just keep it up really high so that one of our assistance team members can bring you one, just keep it up high and they'll bring you one. If you need a loan, just, no, I'm just kidding. Back there, needs a loan. All right, we got you. Got you covered. So what, what is communion? You know, maybe you grew up in a, in a church environment. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you called it the Lord's Supper or you called it the Eucharist. It's simply a time uh, when followers of Christ, believers in Christ, come together to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made that gives us that change we talked about, that makes that available to us. You know, Christmas Eve is a great time. Christmas Day, we get to celebrate the birth of Christ, but we can also celebrate his death because he didn't remain dead. He rose from the dead, which freed us, that gives us that change. And that's simply what we celebrate, that Christ allowed himself to be sacrificed for us. That's what communion is. That's what the Lord's Supper is. So the other amazing thing is the guy we talked about this morning, Saul, Paul, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. And he gives us some instructions when it comes to taking communion or the Lord's Supper, whatever you want to call it. And he says, you know, examine your heart. What's in there that you're holding on to that you probably shouldn't hold on to? Maybe there's certain areas like we talked about, we need to get the Lord involved. We need to turn some things over to him. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's, you know, uh, unforgiveness. Maybe it's something with your finances or your marriage. This is a great time to do that, to give that to the Lord. He's in a lot better position to carry that than we are. And why, we don't need to carry that into Christmas. So I'm going to pray, and then we will celebrate communion together. God, thank you again that we can just come to you with anything that we have. Often, Lord, we, we try to hang on to things thinking we can fix it and we can resolve it, knowing full well that that's not our place, that you do that for us. Lord, you know every person here, every person watching, you know the junk I'm carrying, you know the stuff we all have. And I just pray that you would take that, the burdens that people are dealing with, tonight. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's family members that this is the first Christmas that they're not here. And Lord, just how their heart breaks for that. And I, I can't even imagine what they're going through. Relationship struggles, Lord, take those things. And if that's you, whatever it is, it can be, you may think it's small and insignificant. The Lord wants it. Just kind of picture yourself handing that to the Lord and say, look, you take this. You promised to give me comfort and peace. I'm asking you to take this, and he will. Jesus, we don't just celebrate your birth and how you came to this earth in the lowest position as a helpless child, but that you went on to take our sins on the cross, that you allowed your body to be broken, your blood to be spilled for our sin. And we remember that with communion this afternoon. Amen. If you're in the auditorium, I'm going to give you an opportunity just to go ahead and 
take that cellophane wrapper off the top of that cup, and we'll open the cup in a minute and expose that wafer because we'll start with the bread, and then I'll give you an opportunity to open the juice. And I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. And this was, uh, again, Paul's writing. And he says this, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it into pieces And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You can take the bread. You can go ahead and open that cup. These things can be tricky. Now, continue in verse 25. It says, In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. You take the cup. Amen. In the book of Matthew, it says after celebrating the Lord's Supper, they sang a song. So we'll do that in just a minute. Just a couple of things um, to let you know about. Again, remember our service schedule, no services the next two Sundays, then January the 8th, our new series called Priorities. And I just messed the tech crew up because they had the slides all in a row. But also, there is one group that is starting January the 1st. Most of our groups start February, June, and October, but they're doing the Bible in a year group again. And James is going to lead that for us again this year. This is the third year we've offered this, and literally hundreds and hundreds of people have read from the beginning to the end of the Bible. And it's great because, uh, you know, it's online, it's electronic, and the leader sends you every month the reading schedule. And then there's videos behind it to kind of help you to understand what you've read. So if you want to get in the Bible in a year group, you can go ahead and sign up on the Church Center app, or you can go to the website and sign up for that. But it is a great, great group. Thank you again for being here, taking time out of your Christmas celebrations and holiday to be with us. It means the world to us. We truly do hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.